and anger. All that adrenaline couldn't go to waste. Fuck the artifacts. Really? said Eliza. Would you like to share that sentiment with Hanover when we get back? That could be us stuck in there, Jeff insisted. If they're trapped and still alive, a rescue team won't get here from Tau Ceti for several hours, probably longer. They'd run out of air long before that. Eliza's expression suggested she was contemplating murder. Typical military mindset, he thought almost able to see the wheels spinning in her head. It wouldn't be too hard to engineer an accident for him, not with a long, hard drop on either side of them. Unfortunately for her, everything they saw, heard or did, was recorded by their suits, AV systems. Dan, Farad spoke into the sudden silence. His life support indicator is back online. Jeff glanced down and saw that Dan Rush's icon had indeed flickered back into life and it was followed a moment later by Lucy Rosenblatt's. Mitchell Stone's icon remained dark, however, as did Vogel's. The suit interfaces felt clumsy and old-fashioned, and again Jeff found himself wishing that a tangle of security precautions didn't prevent them from using UP-linked contact lenses. Dan? Lucy? Can you hear me? Eliza shouted into her comms. We lost track of you. Can't... She was interrupted by a brief burst of static followed by a voice. Hey, hey, is that you? Jeff recognized Dan's voice. He sounded panicked, very nearly hysterical. Mitch and Eric are gone. It's just Lucy and me. We slow down, urged Eliza, as the rest of them listened in silence. Who else is there? Just Lucy, Mitch, and Eric. They, they just... Dan paused, and for a moment they listened to the sound of his amplified breathing, sounding loud and urgent and close within the confines of their helmets. What happened to them? asked Eliza. We were up on level 214. It's filled with these deep pits, dozens of them. They were down taking a look inside one while Lucy and me stayed up above. <laughs> then it started to fill up with some kind of liquid. And they didn't get out again in time? For a moment it sounded like Dan was trying to suppress a sob. Not exactly. No. I'll send a video squirt over. Maybe it's best if you just see what happened for yourselves. And get here soon, okay? The tokamaks packed up all of a sudden and it's pitch black in here. Jeff found himself watching Eliza as they listened. She'd turned away to look back towards Vault 4, but from where he stood he could still see her face through her visor and her lips were pressed together in a thin and bloodless line. She clearly didn't want to have to go into Vault 4, but none of them did, not really not when there was a chance that whatever had happened to the others might happen to them, too. But Jeff knew that didn't matter. He knew, deep in his gut, that they had to make the attempt regardless. "'We'll be there soon,' Eliza finally replied, glancing towards Farad's cart filled with its precious treasures. "'There's no way you can find your way back out to us?' "'No. It's too dark to avoid the chance of getting lost, and this part of the vault hasn't been secured yet.' We can see some way with our suit lights, but not far enough to be sure exactly where we are. Don't want to wind up like Rodriguez, right? No, thought Jeff with a shiver. Nobody wanted to end up like Rodriguez. Dan's voice faded for a moment and then came back. Jeff glanced down and saw the man's life support icon flicker in that same moment. Lucy, continued Eliza, how about you? Can you hear me? Yeah... Lucy's voice sounded tense with pain. I'm good. You don't sound it. 
hurt my leg, she replied. Had a bad fall. Hang on, and we'll be there soon enough. But send that video squirt over so we can get some idea what we're dealing with first. They watched the AV from Dan's suit in silence, projected onto the curved surface of each of their visors. Standard operating procedure specified that, even once a chamber had been declared safe by the reconnaissance probes and pressurized prior to a thorough eyeball examination by the artifact recovery teams, pressure suits must be kept on until a team leader was certain there was no danger of contamination or some other less predictable risk. Mitchell Stone's team had been tasked with just such an assessment. The AV showed two suited figures, as seen from Dan's point of view, kneeling at the bottom of a pit that looked about five metres deep, with a series of wide steps cut into the sides. The two men's helmets almost touched as one pointed at hundreds of indentations.